The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. You know, they're the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area, located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. They'll take care of you. They'll make you feel like a part of the family. And they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today. They're the best place to take care of your teeth. They'll talk to you about sports keep you nice and comfortable, whether it's the most intense procedures or just a quick checkup, you got to get your teeth taken care of. And the best place to do that is at our friends, Green Mountain Dental Group. Check them out online at greenmountaindentalgroup.com or go over, like we said, just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in the Lakewood there. And they will hook you up with that free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam today. Oh, welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Do not forget to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. Also, don't forget to subscribe today at StravaCraftCoffee.com. They'll hook you up with all kinds of fantastic benefits. Really did change my life. It could change yours. If you're a big coffee drinker, check them out. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is the team of beat writers here, Patrick Lyons, Michaela Perkins, and we have got some baseball to talk about. Tonight's game has been postponed, so We'll do a little bit of maybe previewing the Mets series at the end. The Rockies haven't won a baseball game in a week, so I guess we'll wrap up the Dodgers series, but obviously not too in-depth there. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to play some games. We'll tell you about the Rockies who are going well right now. Not a ton of them, but still there are some guys worth getting excited about. Uh, And then we're going to goof off a bit. So we hope you'll join us for the duration. You will also play along in the comments with some of the games that we're going to have for you today. A little start bench cut. We want to hear about your favorite stuff out there. Uh, But let us begin with the basics here. Uh, Patrick, the uh, well, we all said before when we did our series preview before, right? We all kind of went the sweep is the most likely outcome here. And it's it's what we got. Uh, What were your sort of main takeaways from that three-game set, uh, all of which I think ended right around midnight local time here for Colorado Rockies fans. It was pretty much uh, – it was worse than I had imagined, unfortunately. I mean, that that was was the initial question, right? Like, do they have a six-game losing streak uh, at the start of the series? Do they win anything? And while they were so competitive – to open the season, right, and, and, and steal that opening day victory. They really weren't uh, in this one too much. The games were, well, game two and game three were somewhat close. Uh, we, we did see the Rockies uh, with two different leads in last night's ball game on Thursday night. That was positive and, you know, and outside of uh, uh, ooh, uh, uh, not so well-located pitch by Yancey Almonte, uh, you know, the, the Rockies may have had a chance and, and, and could have stolen one, but the Dodgers didn't look terribly great outside of the, the Bauer start uh, in game one on, on Tuesday night. But uh, this team is not a, a team that will go on to lose what 130 
five games. I, I don't know exactly what the number is. I, none of us has ever seen a On team that bad. Yeah. 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 None of us has ever seen. Like I, I was, I was fudging some numbers around to go, all right, well, if they were to lose a hundred games, like what, what is their, or to avoid a hundred games, how many, you know, what does their winning percentage need to be going forward? And it was still an absurd number. It, in fact, it was, it was a rate in which they've only lost that one other time. It was still like 395 winning percentage. So they've only even hit that mark once, even if they were to play that way for the rest of the season. So uh, they just got difficult competition going forward and we're still going to see that uh, coming up ahead. But yeah, they just looked a, a little bit listless and starting pitching was okay, but um, a series to be forgotten pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty much too serious to be forgotten. Unfortunately, you know, going zero and six on a on a road trip is never, never a great thing. I definitely agree with Patrick. The starting pitching, especially for the Dodgers series, was okay. Not the best we've seen. Not the worst. I'm still really impressed with Austin Gomber. I know people might not agree with me, but I think that kind of great potential. So I'm really excited to continue watching him play baseball games. The bullpen, whoo, child, <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> that, is. that is a mess and a half. Good Lord, I don't know how they're going to fix their bullpen situation, but it is not great. Um, the bats, thankfully, they looked a little bit more alive yesterday. We actually scored some runs. We were ahead of the Dodgers for a while, and I thought, you know, they, they might – they might take one from the Dodgers, but unfortunately, that is not how it ended, courtesy of our bullpen. So, <laughs> uh, it's tough. I think, you know, there were at least two games of this past road trip the Rockies could have come away with winning. <laughs> unfortunately, that did not, that was not the result, and they won. Yeah. Oh, got a, looks like we got a slight freeze there from, oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, right, I, I agree with everything that's been said, obviously. I'll, I'll give a slight pushback on, I did think actually that the starting pitching in the Dodgers series was a lot better than it looked. Uh, this this does give me the opportunity to launch into a classic Drew Creaseman rant. It's actually been a little while since I've done this, but this is actually, it, it, like I talked about this in other contexts at the beginning of the season, how the Rockies not being competitive is actually a blessing in disguise for certain like just clash of ideas, conversations that we can have because I can separate the fact the Rockies didn't deserve to win any of those baseball games from the other objective fact that the home plate umpiring balls and strikes calls were terrible in all three games. Now the third one, oddly enough, it was in favor of the Rockies and I'll get to that in just a second, but what blows my mind is that, and and you can go back and watch the film, and in both of these, the big victim of this was not the Rockies losing the baseball game or it swinging the game one way or another or anything like that. The victims were the pitchers on the mound who had their entire nights ruined, basically. Uh, it began with Tom Hallion in game one, that terrible call on Antonio Sensatella, the innings should have been over. Anytime you miss a call, and that's what that, that this was tough. Like Hallian mostly had a pretty good game, but he missed the worst call of the game, the one that you you get paid for. That's what you're you're there to make that call. It was probably the best pitch that sends it through in the game. 
it, it was going to get him out of that uh, pickle, uh, that jam, I should say, a pickle in baseball is technically a different thing. Get, yeah, uh, get your food terms correct here when we're talking about baseball, right. please. You guys are making um, me hungry. <laughs> it cost him a couple of runs and ran him from the baseball game. And he had been in the mid 60s in pitches. And by the time he got out of there, you know, I don't know, it didn't, but he was pulling him because the inning just wouldn't end. The Trevor Story error didn't help. But the inning should have been over. It, ju- it just should have been. It was a phenomenal pitch. It was right there. And, uh, you know, the mo- I, I do not believe for a second that if a Dodger had thrown that same pitch, fooled the batter that bad, got it right there to punch it out of a, in a big moment to end an inning and keep a game semi close that after that point just spiraled completely out of control. I just don't think that call is made, but putting aside any of that, it's just, it's just unfortunate because those are the types of things that you lose when you miss those calls. It's not always about shifting the game. What really happened there is now you've just got to start on Antonio Sensatella's resume for this season where the statistics are basically useless. You just have to throw them out. Like he wasn't great in that game either. He was battling himself, but he very easily could have gone out there and gotten two more innings of quality baseball and salvaged a pretty decent start. Um, And for him to break off a pitch of that caliber and not be rewarded for it, it's just painful, man. Especially from a guy who loves spinning around and ringing people up. Come on, Tommy. Come on. What happened? That's a, that's a rough call, man. It was All bad. Right. It was egregious. And the, the makeup call that he tried to, to fix it with was even worse, in my opinion. It's so frustrating when you see stuff like that from people who are supposed to be doing their job, the basics of their job, and, you know, regulating this baseball game. And it, I mean, I don't know how you miss that bad. Like, I guess, you know, we're all humans. We're all going to mess up every now and then. But that was egregious. Like, horrendous. It was so far off. I just, I, I mean, I felt Antonio's frustration in that moment. And I totally like, I felt so bad for him because I mean, that was a, that changed, you know, that could have changed the outcome of the game right there. I feel even worse for John Gray only because in game two, and I think Bud Black felt uh, pretty much worse. <laughs> he got himself, one person yeah. He got himself ran by home plate umpire, Phil Cuzzy. And because of that, Gray ends up, you know, going four innings. Um, so, you know, real short outing again, uh, I think he maybe had 89 pitches. So you're like, Oh, his pitch count wasn't a high, but it's in four innings. That's the thing is it's the high stress. That's, that's the one common thread. Uh, when, when, when you see certain guys throwing 120 innings, maybe 120, 120 pitches, uh, consistently you go like, this guy can do it, but it's when the stress is put on the arm. If you get those high pitch innings, that's really when the damage gets done. And, and there's a lot of attrition that goes onto the body. So you know, say what you will about, oh, John Gray should have went out for the fifth inning and pitching over the quarter four innings. Like that's that's a lot of stress on the arm and unnecessary pitches that were you know, frankly brought upon by by Cuzzy a little bit. So uh, it's not pretty. I, I do find it interesting. There there is a, a good Twitter account that I've been following a lot lately called Ump Scorecards at Ump Scorecards, uh, and it calculates the best and worst calls. It also looks at uh, the differences in, in, in runs because of a call going one way or the other. And it's just kind of interesting how, again, with our, with our human eye, we, we see one way, we see one thing, then we find out data maybe just suggests it's, it's the opposite. It, it's kind of the same thing with umpires. They seem to think it's one way when really it's the opposite. It has impact on the guys on the field. And it's, it's all the, the more reason why let's just get it black and white. Let's figure this thing out. Let's get the robotic umpires and, we're, we're on our way, especially with everything that got going on in the Atlantic League this year. It's on its way. 
Yeah. Have you guys noticed how careful managers are being with their starting pitchers? Aside from the couple no hitters, like I don't think I've really seen any pitcher have a pitcher than a hundred so far this season. I mean, obviously with the yeah. way things are scheduled, you kind of have to be careful, but um, they've been really, I feel like more closely monitoring the pitch count this year than I've noticed in the past. I could just be not paying attention. Closely. I'm not necessarily sure it's a pitch count thing so much as, I mean, it is, but I think it's more of a third time through the lineup. So guys yeah, are only I, getting that five innings. And it's like, oh, that third time you get an opportunity. I think I remember seeing it in the Dodgers series. Again, when you keep scoring, you go, all right, third time. Let's see what happens. More ball to put into play. You know, different things can happen. So I think teams are saying, hey, you know what? Let's let's just kind of go away from that. It, it didn't work for Kevin Cash in the World Series. No, but it over did the not. course of a 162 game season, more times than not, that might be the right call. Yeah, I, I think that's been a general trend as well. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the truncated season last year didn't sure. play a little bit of a role in that as well. I, I think we'll start well. seeing guys go a little bit deeper. But that was the most frustrating thing about that first inning from Phil Cuzzy because John had four pitches in the first inning that were in the strike zone that were called balls. A couple of them there to Justin Turner, who ended up driving in a run. Uh, and now, oh, and, and one to Gavin Lux on an 0-2 pitch that should have been strike three, and he ends up having a, a, a sack fly there. John throws 34, 35 pitches in the first inning and, and gives up two runs, and he really should have thrown 17 with zero, maybe one. You can't say that Justin Turner couldn't have battled back into the that at-bat because the first – he should have been down 0-2. It's, look at the statistics about getting a hit when you're up 2-0 versus down 0-2. It's dramatic, but you can't guarantee – Turner still wouldn't have dumped the single in. Either way, Gray very easily could have been out of that first inning. The reasonable pitch count and no runs on the board. And that could have turned in. That should have been. that, And that's what bothered me about it. It would have been this, like, great pitching duel for a little while. But then the Rockies offense actually ended up getting after May a little bit, getting him out of there early, too. And so it would have been this great story. But instead, you're like, man, the only reason Gray is out of this game is that first inning. And I think that's part of why, though it was a couple of innings later, so the Tom Hallian thing, you can get over, right? Because it's like, it's one pitch. Sure. There are a lot of people in my Twitter account, you know, to talking about how Elias Diaz didn't frame it well. You can bring all the traditional excuses out for that one pitch if you want to. I don't buy any of it, but you can. But Cuzzy is missing all these pitches in the zone for John Gray. And then on the flip side, Garrett Hampson himself at the plate had three pitches that were well outside the zone that were called strikes. And so when, when it's going both ways, that's why, that's why buddy gets thrown out. Not after one pitch Senza got hosed, but he didn't get thrown out after that. Cause you understand the human element, the human mistake, Buddy's a little old school. He gets it because he wasn't having it. Like you can't call a strike up here on Dom Nunez down there on Garrett Hampson. And then not right there for John Gray. It just, I was glad to see. To take. I was glad to see that that buddy got tossed. Right. I mean, Same. you, you got to do something to shake things up when you know you're on the precipice of, of a five game losing streak here. Nothing's going on with the offense, so you got to do that. Uh, you understand he doesn't need to necessarily throw the Gatorade bottle out onto the field and kick bases. That's just not his style. Uh, Would have liked to have seen him come out and maybe maybe jot yeah. a little bit more than staying in yeah. the dugout. Again, I'm, that's maybe his nitpicking, but. Uh, I'm glad to see that kind of fire. And, you know, it, as crazy as it seems like something like that, you know, oh, that's not going to do anything or, or shift the balance. 
that that changes momentum a little bit. Maybe not in the Rockies' favor, but it it changes the way things are going in the dugout and the clubhouse, uh, and and how guys are fighting. And that's a good good wake up call for their team a little bit. And hearing somebody else barking orders uh, at them instead of Buddy, it, it, it being Mike Redman. So um, I, I like that. I welcome that. And sometimes that, that needs to happen. It should happen maybe maybe a little bit more. And we'll see if if Buddy breaks his. Uh, his record. I think he's pretty much on par for like two every single year. Two a year. We got to do better than that. Eight for a lot more. This is here yeah. we go. <laughs> and and you and I actually talked about this a little bit, but it, especially sticking up for a rookie catcher in Dom Nunez, who feels yeah, like point. he's he's back there watching John Gray not get these calls. He's receiving very well. There's no Elias Diaz comments. Make Nunez was framing the hell out of those pitches and not getting the calls. Then he goes up to the plate and a slider that was nowhere near hitting its spot from Dustin May that's up at the letters that I think technically may have flipped the strike zone, but still that gets called. And you're like, dude, <laughs> this 10 seconds ago. Your rookie catcher he, can't do anything. He can't do anything. He's stuck. So I love And everything that everyone hates about Yadi Molina, he's earned it. He's earned that. That's right. Tom Nunez, the other end of the spectrum. He's got to <laughs> go. That. He's got to look over to the dugout and go, Dad, could you say something? And Bud's like, I got you, son. And yes, well, I just imagine, imagine how frustrating it could be for someone like Elias Diaz, who, you know, he thinks that he's seeing the ball really well. You know, he's doing his job. And then to keep getting these frustrating calls, we were just like, am I insane? Like, am I missing something here? Like, what is happening? Um, and, you know, obviously he might not be, he's definitely not, you know, Yadier Molino where he's going to get up and give the ump a piece of his mind. So, you know, to have Buddy stick up for him and to kind of validate that and just, I mean, I would hope that would make him feel a little bit better and calm him down a little bit where he's just like, okay, like this isn't me. Like I'm not insane. This is literally the ump just missing blatant like strikes. So, I mean, I, I would hope that that would help him because obviously he's not Yachty where he's just going <laughs> to go off. Right. There was um, one time he turned around, which you almost never see a catcher do. It's kind of a no-no, but, but it had been, it was after Buddy had been thrown out. I think Givens or someone was out there on the mound and didn't get a call as well. And he just kind of turned and went, it was like, and I, and just knowing Dom a little bit over the years, I can just hear him in my head going, are you sure? <laughs> just like, cause he's not. He's not a fiery, angry, he's such a like down to earth, calm, collected, cerebral, smart guy. Like he doesn't get fired up. I've watched Tom play a lot of minor league baseball where stuff's just been off the rails and he takes it in stride. You just, you do what you can, but that's the most frustrated I've ever seen him. Just yeah. like, I don't know what to do. I meant to say dumb. I think I said Elias, but I meant to say dumb. I, yeah, uh, I, I missed right. it if you didn't. If you did, you, know, you, you hit it very well. So, well, they, uh, all the hey. backstops were frustrating that series. So, I mean, yeah, and it was all just the pitches, all the catchers, and they were all completely frustrated, having no fun. So it was not frustrating, which was a term <laughs> uh, I, I did coin, <laughs> and, and we need to bring it back that the Rockies this season will be very frustrating. Uh, so far, the emphasis has been on the straighting in the fun yeah. part. <laughs> Not yeah. so much on the fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Since I, I, I alluded to it, and, and I got to plug our partners here in just a second, but I will say in the final game, Corey Blazer uh, was very favorable to Austin Gomber. He missed one early, and I, I, I think he must have heard about it because it was a blatant miss, and Gomber and everyone, and it was like, what? Uh, and then the next pitch was a little bit high. Uh, it was right hand. Was it McKinstry at the plate or was it Pollock? I want to say it was McKinstry at the plate. I think it was McKinstry. 
and his fastball is a little bit up. And after he hadn't gotten the one earlier in the bat, bat, Blazer just rung him up. It's just like, I'm giving you that one. And for the rest of the game, uh, he was very tight on Dodger pitching and very loose on Rockies pitching. In fact, the three-run rally that the Rockies had in the sixth inning occurred after an 0-2 pitch to C.J. Cron that was right there as a strike and was called a That's ball. That's right. Nonsense. Yeah, that was that was the most pivotal uh, call of the game, according to uh, Ump scorecards. Yep. So, yeah, that very Three true. And then, and then scored after that. He yeah. wasn't very kind to Gomber after that because then in the fifth, uh, he squeezed a little bit on uh, on a Will Smith call there. So Yeah. It, you get yourself in a tough spot as an umpire when you're doing that, when you're trying to play the, the catch-up game. Because uh, you I think never this know is the, what's going to be the this has to be the worst start for umpiring, or I guess umpires who are in charge of Rockies games that I can remember in like recent history. Like this has been egregious. <laughs> I know is is that true? And again, I, I don't know. There's any way we can actually quantify it. Yeah, but it it feels like it probably because their record is as as poor as it happens right. to be right now. Right. So you're, you're noticing that more, much more and, and, you know, Rocky's coming away with a victory last night or even win the series. We're touching on it still. Cause it's, it's frustrating, but we're like, Hey man, let's, let's highlight the, the great spots. But as it were, you got to say, what if, you know, what could have possibly changed if these umpires would have gotten their act together a little bit more. Yeah. So I will say, actually, hard. I do think last year was, was worse. Uh, I, I think last year was really bad. I, I think this year is is mostly been okay, um, but I, I do think that they like like Patrick said that they, they really stand out more, and I and I think that you know a lot and and the people that that like to kind of defend the umpire and crews. One of the guys I, I had an umpire uh, talking with me on Twitter the other day and basically saying like these young players they're not framing the ball right, they're missing their spots, they're doing all these things, and I and those are built in biases that umpires have, and those are going to bite inexperienced and quite frankly, bad teams more than they're going to bite the good teams. If a great hitter like Cody Bellinger or Mookie Betts takes a spinner that just looks like it got a little bit away from you, some guys are going to think, okay, yeah, that definitely got us. Oh, where Garrett Hampson takes that pitch and it's from Kenley Jansen. You go, ah, Jansen probably got the corner there. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's like, it's just the human bias of it. That's why we've got to get the, the robots involved, but. Uh, I, I do think you're going to see that some because guys are going. I'm to so them. ready for the robots. Oh my god! Please, can Bring we speed this robots. process up any faster? Oh. Uh, well, since none of you out there are robots, you've got to get manscaped because robots they don't need to worry about that. But you, you've got human parts, and you've got to take care of your human parts. Manscape your human parts. Get them all nice and tended to. Whether you're using that lawnmower 3.0, getting a little buzz, or maybe you just got the spritzer, the deodorant. You can also get the most comfortable pair of boxers you've ever worn in your life from our friends at manscaped.com. But I promise you, fellas, you're going to want to take care of your downstairs. It's time to trim it all up yet. Take care of the family jewels, and they'll be taken care of, and that's what you want. Trim the hedges, and and it says it right here, the tree stands taller. It's fact. fact. So whether you're getting that perfect package 3.0, they still call it the 3.0. I think they just call it the perfect package. Oh, now they've got the perfect package and the performance package. You do get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag is a $39 value add. It's patented high-performance bag. I've got one of those things. It's absolutely fantastic. You also get free shipping with 20% off at manscaped.com when you use promo code DNVR. Do yourself a favor. 
always use the right tools for your trimming experience. You don't want to be half-assing it when it comes to half-fronting it. You want to be you want to be all over that situation. I tell you, no, is it? I think that's right. I don't know. I'll, I'll pitch that one to Manscaped. I'll say I'm, I'm going to guess they're going to throw it right back at me, but. Uh, check them out again at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you use that code DNVR. And I like that you're going to pitch it to them because we're on a baseball podcast. Now the word plays back. You're, you're, on, a, you're on a streak. But that's, that's, that's right. You've, you've got to, you know, another way to put it might be to say, you've got to tender your meat. That's right. Got to take care of your beef different kind of beef though i love being on a over. podcast with boys it's really awesome <laughs> they say you know who you can blame is Lindsay sour our sales director who put all these manscaped and wagyu beef ads on this document i've got here in front of me but we do love our friends at wagyu beef i'm a huge huge fan i might be their biggest fan in the world it's the only place i get my beef now whether it's the ground beef the ground chuck the hamburgers the bacon those are the things i'm the biggest fan of Every once in a while, treat ourselves to some of those steaks. Denver steaks, of course. I don't know where you're from. It's okay if you're from other places. It's fine. We still love you. We just know that Denver steaks, absolutely fantastic. Wagyu beef, absolutely fantastic. Some of the best beef you've ever tasted in your life. Plus, it comes without all the guilt that you have from those other beef that they fill with hormones and antibiotics. And they treat the animals terribly, which treats the environment terribly. And and then they charge you more for it. You have to go to the grocery store to get it. There's no upside for any of that stuff. Just order from our friends at Hassel Cattle Company. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. And use the promo code DNBR10. When you sign up, you'll get 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, which I highly recommend, and you don't even need that much freezer space to get there. I, I've said that a couple of times before, but you, you don't need that much freezer space to, to keep all the ground chuck and ground beef that I get from them. You just need one freezer, put it all in there. 200 bucks, they'll give you free shipping at HassleCattleCompany.com. Love those guys. All right, so we're talking Padres Dodgers series tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Point uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure some people might be watching that, but we're going to get caught up real quick here uh, with the Rockies, who actually are going well right now. We're going to get caught up on 20th and Blaze, our top five power rankings of semi-recently. Look, we're working on the exact rules for this thing. We're playing it fast and loose out Who's here. Who's hot, right? And when we say who's hot, the MVP award isn't who's hot because, no, it's who's who's best for the season. But hot is more of a recency thing. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty much looking in the last week. And you know what? If a guy was – fantastic a week and a day ago yeah we'll probably include that especially when there's nobody else doing those hot things <laughs> we're we're, not, we're only going to be allowed to be so exclusive with this thing right yeah they've lost six in a row so the the heat is uh it's, it's low you're really you're camped out over it the dodgers <laughs> you're still rubbing your hands together a bunch to really feel that heat so it's, yeah that's probably why we'll, we'll we'll start off with with number five and and number four here Jordan Sheffield, Austin Gomber. Chef still yet to give up a run this season, uh, and, and he looked looked fine against his old club, his, his old buddies, so that was really nice to see him coming through on that. Uh, so we, we had, had to get him on the list. They, you, you could argue about that one, but he said, you know what, let's give the kid his, his first bit of shine on, on the boulevard, on, on Blaze Street. 
I actually don't think you can argue about that one. He is oh. like the one bright spot in that horrendous <laughs> bullpen situation. So I'm really, really surprised by Jordan Sheffield. He has done a fantastic job so far this season. Obviously, you know, he does not have hardly any major league baseball playing time under his belt. So um, to watch him shine the way he has so far has been really awesome. I don't think you can argue it. I definitely think he deserves to be on our list. He is, like I said, the one good thing about this bullpen so far. Um, and I'm really happy that he's doing well because he's a great person as well. Love that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for both of these guys for where they're at right now. Uh, Sheffield's a, a very nice story. Uh, I'm very curious to see what he can do moving forward. It's a, it's a stuff fantasy there are always you know we've all crashed and burned on those before everyone in baseball has has seen a, a guy who can throw high 90s with wipeout stuff and and fallen in love only to find out that location still remains the the king of being able to pitch well in baseball it, it sneaks up on us um but but i have to say again austin gomber i'm very very impressed with Game one looks more and more like a weird oddity of nerves and sure. wanting to impress and, and everything that we've talked about. We, we've really seen what he can do with his mix of pitches in these second two games. I don't look, I don't, I try not to pick. I don't hate other people on other teams. I can't stand Justin Turner. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm <laughs> done with Justin Turner. I'm sick of Justin Turner. I can't stand it, but I have to tip my cap. I don't know. I do not know how he hit that curveball out for the three-run jack. The only runs that Gomber gave up in his third start of the season. It was a good pitch. And and I even said, you know, I, I criticized him a little bit on Twitter for that sequence. You got to shake off the pitcher getting the blue pit. Can't walk the next guy in uncompetitive fashion. And I still would have liked to see him bury the curveball a little better because Turner hits the hell out of breaking pitches, and he was clearly sitting on it. But still, I, 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 it was still a pretty damn good pitch for him to take that out. Turner is now he's becoming ageless, right? Because isn't he thirty five now? Thirty five, thirty six, and like, in, in yeah, in, in in modern times, like once you're you really hit the the thick of your mid thirties, you're already getting slowly but surely washed up. Of course, we know Nelson Cruz is still doing that at 40, but man, I, I he's found the fountain of youth. And, you know, 20 years ago, that meant something different. But now we'll just say he's <laughs> ageless. annoying as hell. It's, yeah. All right. But yeah, I, I was very impressed with Gomber. It's tempting to look at it and go, six innings, three earned runs. He was fine, but he was so much better than that. And, and he was fooling really good hitters. With that curveball, of course, it still remains to be seen how it plays at Coors. But his fastball, his pitch location, he was he's smart. He's a smart pitcher out there, and I like watching him work. And then when he does break off a good curveball, oh, oh, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm but, looking oh, forward to. Michaela seeing... didn't know who Tim Allen is. There's, there's oh, oh. no way. There's no. He's way. Uh, he's gone. In fact, she uh, cares so little for Tim Allen that she's officially left <laughs> the show. Also, uh, born in Aurora, he's he's in Aurora. Tim Allen is he? That's he right. could be at the celebrity softball game, potentially. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to see what Gomer is like when Freeland's back. 
and seeing those two guys mm. play off each other, mm-hmm. that's that's an uh, an added bonus for Kyle Freeland being back. All right, number three on our list is going to be Raimel Tapia. Now, didn't yeah, didn't didn't do huge things, but well, did you know did well enough to hit over three hundred and in, in a, a two series in which the Rockies really couldn't generate much offense was was seven for twenty five. Did have an RBI. Walked three times, struck out three times. Hey, that's a nice, that's a good swap right there. One to one ratio, right? You definitely would take that ratio. He did steal a base, did get caught stealing, uh, but overall did a nice job and, and allowed Buddy some flexibility this week too because he did drop down to, to sixth in the lineup. I think it might have been on uh, Tuesday night in the first game of the series against the Dodgers. So um, he's, he's been a utility guy in the lineup, so to speak. So uh, that was nice to see. Again, He'll have he'll have uh, moments in which he makes twentieth and blaze, and it's more undeniable. But nevertheless, in in a six game losing streak, two series back to back, getting swept at sea level in the NL West, Ramel Tapia still held his own. Had a series he could definitely be proud of and should be. Yeah, proud of. yeah. We were talking earlier today on the Denver Sports Podcast about the best sidekicks in Colorado sports history. Another way to maybe think of that, and I, we were doing it more as like star player sidekicks, but I, I think sort of the next level are those like complementary players, right? And that's one of the things that's tough about Rymal Tapia is that he's at his absolute best when the guys behind him are playing well because you right. know, he's scoring runs and he's running the bases and he's doing all these things. He's helped, he's sparking rallies, but when there's no rallies, all he's doing is getting base hits that end up leading to nothing you don't really think much about it he's and you still need those business. guys i you, do. you still need those guys and I, and I think that's that's one of the issues with the rockies or or maybe rather that is the issue with people being critical of the rockies and you go oh Ryan Maltapia is like you're one of your best players that's not Ryan Maltapia's fault <laughs> right that that's right. the front office <laughs> assembling a poor team now right. Ryan Maltapia might be better suited uh as a 6th or 7th hitter on a winning ball club right being being a, a third outfielder guy and again he still has room to grow but he's still a guy you need we talked about brad hop yesterday um, yeah. with drew goodman he's on the drew goodman podcast part two just came out like rymal tapia i feel can be in that class of guys that maybe doesn't get enough credit so big pat on the back to him he, he had a yeah. good week in 318 yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, Rymel has been the most consistent bat. I think one of besides Rymax in the lineup so far for the Rockies. So I'm glad that he's kind of proving that he can be what the Rockies need in terms of a reliant bat that's in the lineup. You know, I think it's going to be hard to uh, have that consistency for this season. So, you know, the fact that he can provide that to the Rockies, I think is really important. And like you guys said, a lot of, you know, what he does also, it, it can be overlooked by what the team is doing because, you know, if, if the team's not helping him out and he's the only person getting on base or he doesn't have anyone to, you know, t- to score, it's going to be hard for him to really shine in the way that he's supposed to. But I'm really happy that he can be that consistent bat one of the consistent bats in the lineup um, for the Rockies. And at least that's what it appears to be like so far in this season with Rymel. One of the things I've always liked to point out about him that, you know, I forget every once in a while, and it's been the case going back to the minors was he handles really good pitching better than most people do. And it's again, not to the extent that he hits home runs because he doesn't do that against anybody. Right. But if you look at Tapia's stats against 
Um, like I can think of a couple of years ago when the Rockies got two hit, but they still won the game because Charlie Blackman walked off against Corey Kluber. If you recall that game in Cleveland, Ryan Maltapia was the other guy who had a base hit in that game off of a Corey Kluber who was otherwise unhittable that day. Uh, you go back and you, you look at the at-bats he's having against guys like Trevor Bauer and Dustin May and these incredible pitchers where some of these other Rockies hitters, quite frankly, look lost. And even sometimes when they come up with a hit, it's like they threw the bat out there and, hey, look what I found. You well, know, I think Tapia. a lot of that, too, is the experience Tapia has. Like Tapia is, which is really weird to say, but he's one of the <laughs> most seasoned bats. In that. Tapia. Yeah. I mean, he's a veteran compared to a lot of these guys in the lineup. So I think, you know, a lot of that is just because of he's been able to see major league pitching you know, more than a lot of these other guys have. He has more experience. He knows when to wait. He knows when to go. Whereas, you know, a lot of the errors that the other guys in the lineup are making when they're at the plate, it's just silly errors that get fixed by having more time and seeing more major league pitching. But He's seasoned, but still needs a lot more salt, right? We need a little more flavoring on that. Love it. He's getting there. All right, quick little fun question. All right, so 19 different batters made a plate appearance this week for the Rockies. Right in there, there's six okay. games, and we know the offense was not very good. Six of those 19 guys were pitchers. So you subtract them, and you say there's 13 position players. How many of those 19 got a hit this week? For again, a oh, week boy. in which the offense was poor. But how many of those guys do you think got a hit? Six. That seems about right. I'll go. I'll go on. I'll say under. Because the question was asked, but then, but not by much. Five. I'll say five. Five different players got a hit in the yeah. past six games. Yeah. 13. So no almost every, every position player got at least one hit. Almost. I say that because John Gray and Chichi Gonzalez both got a single this week. Oh, and, right, that's and right. Chichi scored a run. But uh, Elias Diaz and, Dom Nune, uh, uh, and Sam Hilliard. Did not get a hit. When hitless. Okay. So it's just kind of interesting. Again, you go, yeah. man, the team got shut out, but not everybody at the plate, right? Only yeah. if you get a triple in his one at bat in San Francisco. That's um, right. Trejo notched his first go, major yeah. league hit. Yes, so it's just did. kind of, again, interesting how we look at things. And you go, yeah, the offense was bad as a whole, but each guy was able to at least chip in. No one came away on the road going, man, my bat's really cold, other than Diaz and Hilliard. But now Chi-Chi and John Gray are going, Hey, maybe I'm going to get a, a pinch hit <laughs> opportunity. No, not John likes really. it. John likes uh, it. Another gentleman who uh, hit fairly well again after that slow start. Uh, we saw him start to pick up a little bit in San Francisco. Cooled down in L.A., but still chipped in with some hits, and that would be a Mr. Trevor Story. Are you feeling like he's finally going to get a home run? Now, they're home, <laughs> I think, for the next 10 days, but they only have uh, eight games because there's a day off on Monday and a day off scheduled on Thursday. Well, maybe we should talk about what, what he did in the past week before we start projecting how many homers he has on this home stand. I mean, he, he basically just threw out some solid base hits, right? Unfortunately, sure. he, he did get the Rockies off the schneid, as they say, one of those fun baseball terms that we have when they had gone 26 consecutive innings Ooh. without scoring a run. He was the one that broke it with a single through the right side, kind of away from the shift. It wasn't the most awe-inspiring thing you've ever seen in your life, but he did it, and uh, that was cool. Mac, yeah, I think it was. It was nice. It was nice. Uh, no, it, it it was good to see you know Trevor's bat 
that wake up a little bit more and him get a little bit more involved in the offense in some of those uh, Dodgers games. But uh, yikes. <laughs> I wish, you know, obviously this isn't the start I had imagined for Trevor so far this season. You know, I was hoping he would be lighting it up out there with his bat. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one of those things where baseball is <laughs> baseball and you can never you know, be too sure about anything, unfortunately, but I'm not too worried about it. You know, Trevor is Trevor and he's going to contribute always in some way, either defensively or offensively. The guy's an all time. He's a pros pro, you know? Um, and so even though he's not smashing home runs here at every other game, you know, I think he will be obviously contributing a lot more offensively, hopefully sooner. I mean, the, the Rockies have had to play yeah, the Dodgers like what? So, 10, more than half nine. Yeah, more than half their games. Seven. So, like, it's seven. seven. <laughs> I'm really bad at math. So, I mean, yeah, like, it's you're going to struggle when you're playing a team that just won the World Series last season. Um, and hopefully, you I'm know, now that it. we <laughs> now that we don't have to play the Dodgers until July, thank God, um, hopefully that'll provide some more up opportunities for, um, you know, Trevor to get into it, Charlie to get into it, some of these um, younger guys to feel a little bit more comfortable out there and, um, you know, obviously we have Jacob deGrom tomorrow, so that might not be the best time, but maybe a little right after, after, maybe that. Right after that, right after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if the over under for home runs this week at home for Trevor is two, do you take the under with one or zero or do you take the over with three? Cause two is right on the, the money, right? I, Who's I exactly say, what he's going to get? He's about, he's oh, going to yeah. go off. No, 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 He, no, I think he goes off this week. I think he he's kind of, okay. I think cause he knows maybe not exactly what you've pointed out on the path on the podcast the last couple of days about like how many he should have. He might not be looking at those stat cast numbers. Like I should have seven home runs, but he knows like intrinsically that he should have more. And so, yeah, I'm with Simai Tato only if it's manscaped. Take the over. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of more inclined, even with DeGrom going tomorrow and with them playing 14 innings versus 18, right? You're shaving off yeah. one, maybe two at-bats now because That's of right. the, the traditional seven-inning seven inning doubleheader. Double <laughs> yeah, that's kind of wild. And, of course, number one for the second week in a row, and rightfully so because he had the only extra base hits, in Los Angeles, he had a pair of doubles. And that was Mr. Ryan McMahon. Yeah. Feeling good about him finally living up to those. Not fine, like in a bad way. It's again like when but, Brendan Rogers finally becomes a, a you know an all-star potentially or a really contributing player. Look, he it took him time to do it, but he did it. Some guys never do it. But Ryan McMahon finally an all-star this year. I, I mean, if he keeps this up, I don't see how he couldn't be. He is doing so well right now. I mean, he is just seeing the ball in slow motion at the plate. I don't know what his magic sauce is, but I kind of want some of it because it seems to be working really, really well for him. And I think, like, I don't see how he couldn't be if he continues on this trend. I mean, as long as he doesn't slump really hard, it's going to be really hard to deny him an all-star appearance because he's either what leading major league baseball still or tied in major league baseball. Or he's up there for home runs. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, does someone have a seventh Patrick? Do you, did someone hit a seventh? I don't believe so. No, I think so. I mean, he's tied with six. The the lead. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, I, so, and it does make me think that uh, we we may need to brand a McMagic sauce. Uh, as you refer, mm. he's got the magic sauce. We need to see McMagic magic sauce. sauce. Now he's a California guy, so you know he likes his his tacos. He's he's probably a hard shell guy. He you know could like his California burritos. We don't know, but uh, after the success of what Ed McCaffrey was able to do for barbecue sauces, I think yeah. there's a good chance McMagic sauce could take off here in the Denver metro area to put on top that. of your illegal Pete's burrito. I love that for him. However, there is actually someone who has hit seven home runs. A small correction. Can you guess who it is? Either of you? Who was on? So Martina, JD Martinez was on six, right? So did he hit a seventh? Or then there's like old guy, Nelson Cruz. It's all these guys who are like in their 40s now. It is Acuna <laughs> Jr. with seven. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just got hot over the last two or three games. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, he, oh, he did one today, I think, actually. That means yeah. Spencer's superstars team I know. is about to Ugh. kick our asses. <laughs> and then Ryan Mack <laughs> and Wilson Ramos are tied with six for yes. second. The real question isn't who has six or more, because now we just established Wilson Ramos. The real question is, what team does Wilson Ramos play for this I season? was just going <laughs> to say. <laughs> it, it's the Tigers, but but still – uh, I had forgotten that uh, I, up until about opening day. And I go, oh, right, 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 right. I've forgotten that yeah, up McMahon's until up about there. 35 seconds ago. So I mean, <laughs> it's it's a pretty unexpected catcher. So it's forgivable. You know, we'll yeah. we'll excuse it. <laughs> but yeah, right, Ryan Mack's been the reason to watch the, the Rockies, especially at the dish this year. Slugging 755. Uh, he'll, he'll cool off a little bit, but I, I think he's going to be an all-star this year. And he's so doing that in protection in the lineup, too, because he's mainly been doing yeah. it from the fifth spot in the order with right. a cast of characters batting behind him. And as you've pointed out, you pointed out to Goody yesterday, you know, moving back and forth from third to second, you know, kind of just, just being a soldier, doing his thing. Like, uh, I, I'll say it. I have been a, a fan of Ryan McMahon, at the very least the person, since 2013 for a very long time. So to see him in this kind of stretch – at the big leagues, finally, uh, is just really satisfying, very rewarding. Rockies fans have no control in regards to what goes on in the field. They can't control that. We know Dick Monfort is going to be doing Dick Monfort things. Sure will. And it's frustrating. And I I don't know that they're necessarily boycotting. I mean, I think there are some fans that are, and uh, the attendance was not great against the Diamondback series. That was a, a, a weekday series, so you understand why they only had about, uh, on average, of let's say about 11,000 for those games. It is curious with the Mets coming to town that they took this uh, doubleheader and they just rolled it into one game. So that almost suggests they only sold you know maybe 10,000 less uh, for today, 10,000 tomorrow. I, I don't know. But, but here's something that the Rockies fans can control, and we'll see, especially McMahon's got to keep his end of the bargain. Fans, we're going to be hosting the All-Star Game this year. Vote. Vote. You Get did it in November. Do the it game. before June, right? Do it. Yep. Do it. Get those votes in early because that's another thing, too, is once the, the first results come out, then people see who the leaders are and they go, Ryan McMahon is leading for third baseman? I imagine he might be on the ballot. They haven't finalized that yet. But he, he actually, I don't know. Oh my he, God, he, no. <laughs> they might put him over at, at second base. I know, right? That would make it all the more better. We got to hope for Brendan Rogers to come back. I was going to say, that- actually, wait, before we do, we have a timeline on Mr. Brendan Rogers' return because I, I'm trying to imagine what the infield is going to look like when he comes back. 
we have Brendan Rogers at second, right? Is what I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. That's very astute. You got to bench Kron. Kron. I'll get it. You got to, you got to bench him at this point. So then Rymack at first, Brendan at second, Fuentes at third. That's what okay. I would do. Majority. I don't know that that's sure. what they're going to do, but it's what they should do. Right. 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 <laughs> so wherever McMahon is on the ballot, vote early, oh. vote often, get him on there, and then people start taking notice, and they go, "Oh, all right. Oh, McMahon's been doing good. McMahon." And then they don't check back in for like three weeks. They just automatically go in. They make those votes online. And it just it it stands out, and they go. Oh, I want to pick the guy who's going to win. I want to feel good and say, "Yep, yeah, no, I had McMahon. I also had him. I know the Rockies are playing awful, but I also picked him." So Rockies fans, again, Rymax got to do his end of the bargain, but that is something that is very much within your control. Stuff the hell out of that ballot, and, and it has no effect McMahon on Monfort or Breitich. So please contribute. Right? <laughs> Does I disagree. It help them? I disagree. It, hurt them? You, it, it disagree? It, it has, yes, it will hurt their pocket because when Ryan McMahon goes to arbitration and he is now a one-time All-Star, cha-ching, okay, okay. I see you. You're playing the long-term game. I was thinking short-term game, but you're yeah. in the long-term game. I like that. <laughs> I'm, As I'm, they say in Chicago, vote early. But then doesn't that hurt us because if he goes in asking for more money and they're just like, no, we're not going to pay you and he leaves and we're just like, well, (laughs) good to see you now. Arbitration works, but we've got a new GM and a new team president by then. You haven't been playing along in this fantasy land that we're living in for just a moment. That's right. For the All-Star Game 2021. Let's get the shirts out. Let's Let's, see. Let's get it right. Let's get it booking. And hey, if you want to feel really good about all this stuff, Got to tell you right now about our newest partner here, new partner alert at DNVR fam. We are very excited to partner with a premier dispensary for all you guys with smoking hot deals. Get it? Yeah. All right. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. But the coolest thing right now is that they're actually giving away a trip to Jamaica. In the month of April, no BS, head to one of their six locations. Two of them are actually in Oklahoma City, so I know we got some friends down there. Sign up to win a trip to Jamaica. They'll give you all the details on how to enter, or you can visit www.solusmeds.com sweepstakes to find the rules, or just head to any location again and ask your bud tender how you can win. But check them out at solusmeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E, I'll get it, meds.com. Uh, purchase from there. Check them out. Uh, that trip to Jamaica, it's a seven-night all-inclusive trip to in paradise, by the way. It's not like some random, like, oh, I'm going to send you there for uh, a couple of nights, and that's kind of nice, whatever. So, uh, Also, when you make your purchases, make sure to use that promo code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. No better way to celebrate 420. It's just around the corner. Biggest holiday of the year, especially here in Colorado. So get 20% off at Solace Meds by using code DNVR20. Check them out online and enter to win that possibility to get your Jamaica trip. Seven nights, all uh, all inclusive trip. So it's open to legal residents of Colorado, 21 plus, or Oklahoma, 18 plus. Ends on the 30th of April this year, 2021. And find official rules at solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. The raffle ends on the 30th. So show these guys some DMVR love. Make sure you get in before 430 and enter to win that Jamaica 
trip. Go to Jamaica. I don't know if D. Time Let's do some Star Bench Cut, baby. Woo! Star Bench Cut. I'm it's so excited. This is my first time doing this. SBC, the game. The kids just love to play all around the world. All right, my first Star Bench Cut is Rockies related. We got the Home Run Derby coming up, the All-Star Game. We just talked about it. Let's go with some all-time classics. Let's go with the Blake Street Bombers, the, the non-Hall of Fame members, so to speak. Who are you taking? Start Bench Cut, Dante Bichette. Andres Galarraga or Vinny Castilla? Mm. Bichette Galarraga Castilla. Yeah. Ooh. Start bench cut. Now I can go first if you want, but because you both are in, kind of in pain, which is both good and bad, it's entertaining. All right. This is, so okay. No one's stepping up to feel this I have, one. No, this I have an be, answer. I have ah, an this answer. One's good. I have this one. answer. Okay. But it's brutal. It hurts my heart. I just want everyone to know. That, to like, I hope I don't start crying. While You're I'm about to get canceled, Drew. Be careful. <laughs> Folks, he's not kidding. He may start crying. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to start. This is for the purposes of a home run derby specifically, correct? <laughs> yes. And I haven't I haven't specified if it's taking place in 2021 or if it's, you know, in, right. in the time machine back in mid-90s. I am going to start Andres... Galarraga. I am going to bench Vinny Castilla. Which Whoa. My childhood is going to punch me directly in the face as I cut. I can't even say the sentence. All right. It, you, you don't have. I'll do it for you. Who Drew was the went, third person? Galarraga starting. Vinny Castilla on the bench. And Dante Bichette, he is going to trade to the Los Angeles Dodgers Look, along no, with 50, hey. million, 50 million in Bitcoin. All right. Look, look. <laughs> We're getting into fictitious stuff. So I've seen Vinny Castilla take batting practice at like Recently. whatever age Recently. he is now. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. Like he can still put the ball in the seats. Vinny has never missed a fastball. I don't believe he ever swung and missed on a fastball. Nobody double-checked that on Baseball Reference or Fangraphs. I don't believe he ever did swing and miss at a fastball. Curveballs and sliders and stuff could mess up Vinny Castilla. Bichette could hit anything out. I love Dante. I can't. I, I can hear his I'm not going to tell you what head. I think about that one yet until I hear what Michaela has to say. All right, Mac. I'm off, I'm off the stand. I'm digging a bigger hole. Oh boy! All right. This, this is, is like a. This is tough. This was a hard freaking question. Oh, I don't yeah. even. I'm. I throw fastballs at the home run derby. By the way, this is brutal. Yeah. No, no, Zach Greinke, fifty-one mile an hour movement, <laughs> garbage. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree that I'm gonna start Andreas. Okay, but I'm gonna bench Bichette and <laughs> cut Castilla. That's so tough. <laughs> It's just because you haven't met him yet. When you get down there, it's going to be harder. <laughs> I just can't. Like, in my bones, I can't do it. I cannot it hurts, cut right? it's, There's, I just it sucks. I can't do it. I can't. I know I know. Vinny has better career home run numbers, but. Mm-mm. I'm going to have Kale go through and, and, and cut out your voices, both saying, talking about cutting Bichette, cutting Castilla. <laughs> I'll say this. One of the two of you, 
I, I agreed with, I had the same thing. So you both had Galarraga in the one spot for sure. So it really comes down to Castilla or Bichette. Yeah. And in a way, I think Bichette, uh, I'm not making him even more French than he is. Bichette may be more Bichette. iconic for the Rockies, but I'm going with Vinny Castilla. So Drew, it makes yeah. you feel a little bit better to know that you and I were actually on the same page with that one. That's because we're thinking with our heads and not well, with look, our hearts. <laughs> I understand why, obviously, Vinny has better home run numbers, but I can't. I can't do it. It literally like won't come out of my mouth. I physically cannot say. I can't put the words. Oh God, I can't. I can't do it. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, can't. I, I need to. I need to think like that more often. Like when it comes to these start bench cut, I go, all right. How much pain can I inflict on these three? Right. It, that exactly. was a good one. I don't that know was, if I can that top was, that. That was that. That's tough. Um, yeah, I do like Will coming in with Ellis Burks having a sad face. <laughs> yeah, he Ellis Burks is my assistant GM. When we we're we're gonna preface, he's the right. guy sitting next to us. He's giving us the intel, and he's like, "We got to start Andres." Yeah, all right, thanks, Ellis. Yeah, love yeah. it. All right, next one. This will be a little easier. It won't be painful. We'll have a little more fun on this one. Start bench cut mascots. Orbit from the Houston Astros. Philly Fanatic or the San Diego Chicken? Oh, easy. I got this. I know I got all this. Over the place. Nope, okay. It's easy. It's easy. Orbit. <laughs> no, you have to start the Fanatic. The Fanatic is the best mascot in nice. all of pro sports. I know Benny the Bull is like mad at me right now, but I don't care. The Fanatic okay. is iconic, even though they had to switch him up because of some weird lawsuit going on. He's still iconic. That's right. That's fanatic right. is starting. Orbit is on the bench. San Diego chicken, you're out of here. <laughs> easy. That was the easiest question you could ask. I love Orbit, but I hate the Astros, so he has to be on the bench. Fanatic is just my favorite. You like mascot. him enough? You like him enough I would, you cut him, though. I would cry if I ever met the Fanatic, okay? That is – and I hate mascots. I'm scared of them. I think the concept of mascots is so creepy. Like, there is a I'm human being – in that in that costume that I don't know who that is. I don't want to touch them. But if I ever got to meet the fanatic, I would lose my mind. Like I would Cut be so off. happy. <laughs> That's not your answer, is it really, Drew? I can't. Yeah, no. You're I mean, almost abstaining. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll play, but I can't. I'm with I'm with Mac. And actually, you you want to meet someone who really really can't stand mascots? Talk to my mom about this sometime. When Corky the Coyote comes up to her at Grand Junction Rockies games, you know, back when people went to baseball games and people could walk up to other people. Remember those times? And then when there was minor league baseball. You're right. Oh, right. Remember when there was minor league baseball? That also used to exist? Yeah. Uh, she's like, get away from me now. <laughs> the worst part about minor league baseball mascots, though, is like, you know, it's some poor underpaid staffer that's already working some a full-time job in like yeah. another department. Yeah. And they're just like, look, we need a mascot for tonight. Marketing right. guy, like put this costume on and get out there. Like I the social media intern. Yeah, literally in <laughs> is the glamor of being involved in someone that is already way overworked and underpaid. And they're just like, listen, we need a mascot. Like, please go out there. <laughs> I love mascots. I have, I have a strong affinity for them. I uh, don't know too many people that that are really, you know, a connoisseur of mascots. Um, so I've, I, for most of my life, I feel like I've been the, almost more of the mascot guy, except one person here in our market, Mr. Ryan Spielborgs, loves what? mascots. No one I, will ever match the love. I It weirds me. Yes. <laughs> one, of, one of my proudest moments was 
being in New York covering a Yankees Rocky series in 2019 and saying, so Ryan, you mentioned you like mascots. Did you know the New York Yankees once had a mascot? It was like two years, I think like, I don't know, 75, 76, something weird like that. And it was a very Philly fanatic-esque design where he had fur that was like white, but also had pinstripes on the fur. And it was like, I think his name was like Dandy, like Yankee Doodle Dandy. And they they got rid of it. And it's hard to even find photos of him online. So Spielborgs, we see you out there loving your mascots. So Drew, what's we got to have the official take, the Creaseman take here on the mascots. Okay. Unpopular opinion potentially coming in. I hate the Philly fanatic. I cannot stand the Philly fanatic. I am cut. I don't even know what the chicken. I could not conjure up an image in my mind right now of you know the San Diego chicken. You do know what it is. I'm still. I do. I've, you know I'm sure. I've I'm seen so it. offended right I'm just now. Saying that right now in my mind, it's it's not. There's nothing in there. I know what the fanatic and I know what orbits look like, but the fanatic bothers me. <laughs> so you're starting with cut. I'm cutting the fanatic. I have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> And not just the podcast. She just she, she's out on DNVR altogether. Am I missing something? The fanatic and is the most iconic mascot. Yeah, this chicken thing is so like. Give me, you know, give me the only mascot I really like is Super Mascot Rocky for the Denver Nuggets. He's fantastic. Rocky's dope. Rocky's dope. Um, were you? Did you mascot Patrick? You've been in. Surely you've been in it. I'd be shocked if you hadn't mascoted. Dude, that is such a good two truths and a lie. That I would win every time. I've never, I've never thrown that. I've never, I've never done the the mascot thing. You would think, you but would even think. hearing you say that, I'm like, what have I have done I? wrong in my life? No, I'm, I'm just kind of questioning like everything I've done in my life up to this point. Like, how have I never done that? That's I, that's, a, that's obscene. Yeah, I mean, the chicken is so blah. It does. What? How I did don't they want come to give credit the... to the Astros for anything, but we're yeah, people. Drew, you're in a pickle, dude. It's you either got to start the Astros mascot stupid. or the San Diego chicken. Look, it's Orbit's just take it back. Go. Just take no. Just, just take it back. Just take it Orbit's... back about the fanatic. You can don't, cut the chicken. Don't the isotopes have an orbits that's very? They similar? also have a mascot named yeah, Orbit. and that mascot's yeah. great. I yeah. love I love the isotopes orbit. I'm going so in my mind. I'm just making it that. I'm taking the ice. Right. I'm actually going to, I should be playing. harder on you, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you off on that one. I'm going to, I'm going to no. let you off. Philly fanatic is starts for me. No, no doubt. Uh, I have met. Thank you. Brag, not oh my to God. brag. I have met the Philly fanatic on numerous occasions. Uh, I'm so my, jealous. My wife has in fact pushed children out of the way to get a me. photograph with the Philly fanatic, sucked um, you through its weird nose. Yep. She also has pushed people out of the way to get Buster's autograph. He'd be the mascot of the Lakewood Blue Claws, now Jersey Shore Blue Claws. But no, she she she's a big mascot fan as well. Uh, fanatic is is going to start. I am going to cut Orbit, although Orbit is fantastic. But I gotta I gotta just bench the San Diego Chicken. It's the original mascot. It literally is the original mascot. Ted Genuis. Started it. It was from a radio station. Started going to Padres games in the late seventies uh, when when they they finally started having some decent baseball teams and just took it from there and went all over the place. So before the fanatic, there was the San Diego Chicken because you're going. What does this have to do with the Padres? And 
It was a radio station. That was where, that was the genesis of everything. So I got to give credit where credit's due. I'm going to bench the San Diego chicken. Orbit is getting cut. And that, that actually feels nice to say that, even though I like them. I'm not I get, mad at I, that. I get to dip my toe in both waters, right? I like them. Respect. Tip of the cap to Orbit. But at the same time, I can also say I've cut the Astros mascot. I, I have to disown Drew. Like, this is just, <laughs> this is just what. I'm I don't know why the finale bothers me, but it does. I don't, I can't. It's every time I see it messing with people. I just know that if I was at the game and the Philly fanatic was messing, messing with me, I would be very uncomfortable. One of my favorite <laughs> baseball history wacky moments is when Tommy Lasorda <laughs> destroyed the fanatic. That's <laughs> that was amazing that i could watch that like video on repeat it is so funny i i mean obviously tommy lasorda is an icon and him and the fanatic that was just so funny doesn't noah syndergaard frequently steal the uh yeah the forerunner that he's on yes yeah, noah great. syndergaard and the fanatic go at it all the time and then also noah syndergaard and mrs met have like a really strange relationship that makes me a little uncomfortable it's like spilly <laughs> and rosie uh the the reds yeah, that's oh not, yeah, I think that is a thing. They have a he weird does have thing. the hot for Rosie. That, yeah, they like have an intimate relationship and it's troublesome but highly entertaining. <laughs> all right. Uh last one. We got we gotta wrap this up. Let's make this super quick. We'll do a fun one. I mean these There's all no game fun. tonight. We're having fun. <laughs> breakfast. Ooh, what oh do you no. Want for breakfast, I'm keeping a little bit more broader. Are you going carbs with the bagel oh. or the muffin? Or whatever else you want to do. Are you going cereal? Or are you going... Now, I had down smoothie. But I have a feeling it, it could be... I'll just do third option. Whether that's, you know, you want to go Denver omelet. You want to get you want to get the potatoes. You want to get the full rancher plate. Oof. You're going just carbs? And get, like, come on, let's, let's face it. The three of us, none of us, they're making it. We're not making a, a big breakfast like that. So I'm going smoothie, third option. If you go out to eat, you're getting it. You're going to Village Inn or something, <laughs> yeah, then I mean, you're getting yeah. a whole platter. But at home, yeah. you're going carbs, you're going cereal, or you're going with the smoothie option. Well, usually my breakfast is coffee, and that's that. But <laughs> I do love breakfast food. I would die for brunch. That's just the classic white girl in me, just a brunch queen but i think i'm gonna start start <laughs> carbs even though that makes my waistline unhappy i don't care bagels oh i would die for a good bagel i found the best local bagel place right by my house shout out to leroy's bagels on 29th if you like to support local go to leroy's i'm i'm obsessed with it i know patrick is a bagel snob because he's from say, new jersey this, slash new york whatever snob right go any one star bagel joint in jersey total, you're gonna go forget leroy's total <laughs> bagel snob but you've never okay. seen a schmear before in your life <laughs> oh. starting the carbs i'm gonna cut the smoothie and then bench the cereal what kind? option tell us what kind what's your cereal like uh, hot cereal or cold cereal? I wasn't even oh, ready for wow. that question. Yeah, wow, she's yeah, she, gets, she always comes old. prepared, man. For only eating, uh, for only drinking coffee for breakfast, I'm I'm very picky about my breakfast foods. Um, okay, favorite breakfast cereal: cinnamon toast crunch. Easy, love oh, the cinnamon call. toast crunch. Minus um, the lobster tail, of course. Yes, we don't know shrimp. 
And we don't want the shrimp in there. Back shopping. Um, that was close enough. It counts. Classic yeah. cinnamon toast crunch. Is what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Starting bagels, benching cereal, cutting a smoothie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I think I'm. I'm same. Actually, I think we match up totally on this one. Like, I don't. I don't have much use for that smoothie. If I'm going to have, I'm, I'm not actually the exact same as Michaela in this in several ways. Most mornings, my breakfast is several cups of cups of Strava craft coffee that uh, <laughs> several, Naturally. several cups of Strava craft coffee. And I'm not joking. That's, that's very legitimate. And I won't eat till later in the day off. And then when I was a kid, this would have been very easy in the other way. Cereal was my lifeblood. Cereal was, I, I needed it every single day. I ate Honey Nut Cheerios probably every day from the time I was four years old until I was like 18. And then I, I was decided I could have. It seems healthy almost for a yeah. kid. Oh, it was fantastic. On the healthy yeah. end of the, of the cereal spectrum, yeah. let's be honest, right? It was much healthier actually when I was in high school. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, actually, yeah. So so big cereal guy. I like a Chex Mix. I like a, I like a, pretty much any cereal. Actually, I can be very picky when it comes to food in, in any other category, but breakfast food kind of can't miss me like i'll have a smoothie it's just not my favorite so i gotta go with the carbs my favorite breakfast thing to get is just a combination of all the things give me the any place that's got a house breakfast where they just bring you the scrambled eggs the bacon the potatoes the toast the give me all that stuff put in my face i just i love breakfast food so much pancakes the waffles the, 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 the bread the potatoes meat and eggs i'm a big eggs guy too so give me all that stuff but I do like, like I said, I grew up on cereal, so I don't want to, I don't want to talk smack. I got, I could list you my top ten favorite cereals right now, so we could go there. The smoothie is like, I'll have one. It's there. I save that one for the Discord. Actually, that might need, if you need to be a channel. Cereal. Top, top ten cereals, dude. Or just, kicks. just cereal. We'll, Getting we'll into kicks there cereal. for a while. Lucky Charms. I was for a minute. There's a, there's a, there's a strategy to how one eats their Lucky Charms. Man, you know, interesting. Yeah. All right, so I'm reverse. I'm flipped of of what you both have. I realized at some point in my twenties that if I have a carb, you know, it, I, it tastes great. I'm like, it, it bogs me down. Like I felt almost ill. So I flipped. It's a, it's a good way to, to start your, your morning off with a smoothie where your body, it's already broken down, right? It's in liquid form. So I'm going to start with that smoothie. Uh, I have, uh, more frequently dabbled in the, in the cereal, uh, a little fiber one. Let's get some of those bad boys in there or have a raisin bran maybe throw a little granola in there if i've got it because you're getting old it's the carbs (laughs) it's the carbs the bran (laughs) total i have some total every now and then i don't mind some total grape nuts remember grape nuts pull a pour a half a bowl of sugar on some grape nuts i'll eat those too i'll eat just a lot of fiber that's a lot of fiber sounds disgusting whatever that is Yeah, Trust me, not... I'm very regular. I'm very regular. Let's not, yeah. let's not pull this into question. All right, Ed, we are wrapping fiber. this up. <laughs> okay. Chocolate cereal, yay or nay? What do you mean? I mean, like Cocoa Crisp, uh, Cuckoo Puffs. Love it. Uh, Reese's I'm sorry, what's the pronunciation? Cocoa Crisp and Cuckoo Puffs. Cocoa Puffs. Kahooky Crisp. That's what I was thinking of from when I was a kid. Remember that? Yes. Uh, I, I, I dabbled in cookie crisp. I, I think when they fir- that first came out, I was on, yeah. I was, I had one of the first bowls. Early of adopter cookie of cookie crisp. But I was, since, that was a go-to yeah. that and, uh, and Captain Crunch. Uh, I have the scars on the, the roof of my mouth to prove it as well. 
Cocoa Puff, Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> I love it all. Give me all the chocolate. It makes chocolate milk after. You can drink your chocolate milk. Mm. I'm saying those Reese Puffs should be illegal. I don't know how that's not a drug. <laughs> I don't think I can eat cereal anymore, though, because of the all the sugar. The sugar really gets to me. I used to be like a big sugar gal, but now I just like don't really oh, like anything same. sweet. I guess, I guess that means I'm old, too. Like, uh... <laughs> Honey bunches of oats, I guess, would be. I guess that makes me old. That's right. Now you've got an old person take. How does it feel? Uh, Well, that's fantastic. I feel much better now, even though there's no baseball game today. But I do feel great because I've got my Solace meds. I've got my Strava Craft coffee. I've got myself Manscaped. And I've got all those things because I'm a member of the DNVR family. That's how you know you're a part of the whole situation. You're helping us out. You're helping out all of our sponsors. Plus, you get all kinds of perks. You get those articles. You get uh, access to the Discord channel where you get to talk to us 24-7 about anything and everything under the sun. If, if you've got top 10 cereals like I do, we want to hear about it. That's what the Discord channel is for. Being a member of the family, you only get access to that when you subscribe to the dmbr.com. We're always hooking you up with discounts. We send you an email basically every week letting you know what's discounted at the DNBR locker around hats, shirts, masks. You always, always, always get that bigger beer when you come down to the DNBR bar. And right now, when you sign up for the annual subscription, we'll give you the free T-shirts and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. It's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. It's just 10 grams of CBD meant to help you chill out, relax, stay focused, be nice and calm. I love that CBD. I love it in my coffee with my Strava Craft coffee. I love it in the Holistic Stick with our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out online and use promo code DNBR30 when you're ordering stuff that doesn't come for free when you just become a member of the family. That's what you get with the Holistic Stick, the free t-shirt, all that stuff now. Order the annual subscription to DNBR right now. Become a member of the family. We absolutely appreciate it. You're our lifeblood out there. We really couldn't do this without each and every one of you. That's legitimately true. Um, there was a time very early on where we did try to do this without each and every one of you. And uh, those early BSN days were uh, something. We'll, we'll all write a book one day. But we only get to become DNVR and do all of these things and have these fun conversations because of all of you. Thank you for keeping the train moving. Thank you so much for being a part of this wild ride that we're going on. There's going to be baseball in the next couple of days. We're not exactly sure when, but you know we're going to be there, all of us together, to figure it out as a family, as a team, as a bunch of friends, just getting together to talk about baseball every single day because that's what we love to do here. So thank you. Follow us all on social media, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at Michaela E. Perkins. Subscribe to the DNVR.com. Hang out all the time. Keep being absolutely awesome out there. We promise to keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Michaela Perkins, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.